Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Wednesday. It's October the 25th. We are rocking and rolling through the middle of a week. And there was some debate before the show started about whether or not the music was good, whether it was bad. I see all of you in the live chat out there. Now Now you're saying that the, the music is appropriate. It's Metal Gear Solid meets X-Files. Look, I needed just a consensus. We'll change it up. I'll change it up every month for you. I'll change it up every week if we need to. I need thumbs up if you like the music that you're hearing as we do the pre-show. Thumbs down if you don't. Very simple. Um, and then Ryan's going to keep a little tally. and He's going to try to figure it out. <laughs> Somebody noticed that I got a haircut. <laughs> you guys are out of control. I love it. I like it. That's the problem with doing a show like this. Like the attention to detail of people in the chat. They're like, hey, did he get a haircut yesterday? It looks like his uh, sideburns are a little bit shorter. They're a little cleaner. They are. You know what? When I was a kid, my dad used to say that when the dog got a haircut, she was um, smarter. She looked smarter and she acted smarter. So I realized like I needed to trim this sucker up and get it going. Look at all the thumbs up. Everybody likes the music. There's like two or three of you that don't like it. Um, if you are one of our subscribers to the channel and you have uh, thrown in like I think it's like five bucks a month. If you want to be a supporter of the channel on Rumble, you have access now to some pretty cool little uh, what do they call it? Emojis, something like that. We've got all kinds of stuff that Garrett O'Boyle came up with. I got another one. He even came up with a JDAM, which I haven't loaded, but I'll load it at the end of the show today. So that's going to be a bomb if you guys want to throw the truth bombs in there. Um, yeah, today's going to be an interesting show. We're going to be talking about masculinity. I guess this haircut is good for that. This is like the haircut for the uh, for that for that Nordic Viking guy that always says like yes or like no, and you can't touch my kids or whatever else or like cry harder, liberal. Um, I've had this haircut for a little bit. I like it. It's what I'm sticking with. I, I don't know if I'll die with it, but, um, you know, I used to be the guy that parted. I used to do, like, the 70s captain thing. There's something about masculinity that is, like, falling apart in this country. We all kind of know it. I keep reading these articles. All you got to do is type in the word masculinity to a search engine, and you will absolutely find out what the crisis looks like because you'll find some some articles from some academics that are trying to discuss it, and then there's, like, a bunch of women talking about how it's a problem. That seems like an issue. We're going to get into masculinity. We're going to talk a little bit about abortion. Um, and I think it actually has a problem. It is a problem with masculinity. Abortion is a problem with masculinity. It can all kind of be traced to certain things. Look, in many ways, if you choose your doctor, you choose your diagnosis. I think if you choose a focus lens of the problem, then you will be able to see how all the problems can be framed in that way. It doesn't mean it's the only way, but I think we should be changing our point of view and, and looking at different perspectives to see, hey, should we be addressing this? Is this more critical? Does this meet more of the criteria that are, that are going wrong? And can we correct it? And I think there is some ways to do it. One, um, you know, Spoiler alert, you need to lift weights. You need to just do regular dude stuff, like learn how to get your hands dirty, put some calluses up on your fingers. Um, all right, so there's that. We're going to be talking about the police date just a little bit uh, tomorrow, tonight, 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 Wednesday night is going to be uh, the second and final showing of the theatrical police state uh, debut. And then we're going to be doing, what are we going to do? We're going to do a live premiere on Friday for those of you who want to stream it from home. For those of you who have children and haven't been to a theater in a decade like me, I, I honestly don't remember the last time I've been to a movie theater. I don't even know what I would do in a movie theater. Like, who would be watching my kids? I don't trust anybody. So we're going to uh, talk a little bit about police state. And then we're going to talk about the virtues of the Stoics, which I think is the correction. And uh, you're going to be finding out that the Stoics, the Greeks, also had something in common with the early Christians, which had something in common with all Western society. We actually built this city not on rock and roll, but on Stoic virtues. 
which are also known sometimes as the cardinal virtues. They're almost the same thing. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, before we do, let's rock and roll into a police state trailer. It's going to set up some of the discussion we're going to have. So if you'll pull up a video in number seven, Mr. Matta, let's run video seven. Let's get you guys pumped up and motivated. If you are going tonight, this is what you're going to be seeing. Video seven, send it. All that you do for us. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. Kaboom. So check it out. You can go to police state film, F I L M, police state film.net. Police state film.net will get you access to the virtual premiere, or if you want to buy a last minute ticket for tonight. Um, you know what? He ended that. He said, we can do anything we want. Now, obviously, we wrote those lines up. This is a this is a theatrical presentation. Some of these things are theatrical interpretations of the way that the Bureau has behaved. But uh, they're not that far off, are they? They do think they can do anything they want. We're going to queue up a little video here. This is our friend John Solomon over at Just the News uh, on Real America's Voice. I believe this was last night. And uh, did they do everything that they want? Did they do anything they want? They just feel like they can just run roughshod. Let's do video number six. I think you're going to see that the police state is not only alive and well, but it's been here since Donald Trump took office just after 2016, after that election. And even before then, I think they were running some of this game. Crossfire hurricane. In fact, uh, my buddy, producer Phil, was actually fired because he said that that the uh, January 6th investigation should have been called Crossfire Hurricane 2, The Revenge, like a movie trailer. And uh, I think this is 100% the case. Look at the, some of the stuff they did. Let's go roll, head, uh, roll video six. Guys, get a taste of how ridiculous this is. This is why Chuck Schumer was scared of the intelligence agencies. So it's staffers here that, I, that, that I'm understanding. But look, when they're that close, who becomes the target? Is it Chuck Grassley? Is it members of Congress? How far do these people go? And who was in charge of this? Yeah, these are all great questions. So there's at least one lawmaker we know of. Adam Schiff had his records taken. Uh, there are uh, about a dozen uh, congressional staffers, both Democrat and Republican, who had their records taken. Uh, and ultimately, Congress is the target, right? Uh, when the Justice Department gets these records, they're beginning to understand who was Congress talking to on a daily basis for oversight investigations. And while they said they were looking for 
contacts with the media because they were looking at leaks. They get much more than that. And I think that's what troubles people like Chuck Grassley. And it is a process that has started to play out. It began in the Barack Obama administration. If you remember, John Brennan authorized the CIA hacking in to Senator Dianne Feinstein's Senate server computers to find out what she was doing on the waterboarding investigation that she conducted when she was in charge of Senate intelligence. Then in 2017, this is around the time that Jeff Sessions is the attorney general for Donald Trump and Rod Rosenstein, a guy who comes up so often in the Russia collusion case, is the deputy attorney general when these subpoenas are authorized. And it's a pretty broad sweeping intrusion on the Congressional Oversight Authority. Numerous staffers, uh, like I said, Senate, House, Republican, Democrat, uh, are uh, all being targeted uh, for their contacts. And I think that's why you understand Chuck Grassley's frustration and anger. They, this feels like an invasion of uh, the c c Congress's right to do oversight, to conduct investigations free of executive branch interference. And the fact that they kept it secret for six years, probably adding to the anger on Capitol Hill. I've heard from Democrats and Republicans, yeah. they're all very unhappy. There it is. They're all very unhappy, uh, Republicans and Democrats. Here's the thing. The, the idea of a police state coming after you should trouble both sides of the aisle, it turns out. Um, you notice the names in there were not exclusively Republican, right? We know that Republicans were targeted. Uh, we know that people like Cash Patel, we pull up a topic number 10, Ryan. Um, we know that that it wasn't just Republicans, okay? Cash Patel went on and talked to John Solomon and uh, and discussed it. That like They're in investigating the DOJ. Now Congress is trying to do the oversight on the DOJ because the DOJ is out of control and it's running after political opponents. But it's not just political opponents. They're actually trying to crib notes from some people's investigations like Dianne Feinstein or um, from uh, Shifty Schiff. It, this is not good. This is what happens when you let a, a domestic intelligence agency off the chain and they start running ramp, you know, roughshod over the constitutional protections. They also are not a superior branch of government and they need to be respecting the, uh, the authority that Congress has. Congress is the first among equals. It doesn't make any sense at all that we had this. Now, if there are bad members of Congress, it's a different thing, but we're not talking about criminal allegations. I say it all the time when I'm doing interviews on other people's shows, I will reiterate it for you today. The FBI is an intelligence agency. It does the work on behalf of other intelligence agencies domestically based on the priorities that exist, and it does not require a criminal predicate to open a case on you. That's what should take, that's what should take your breath away. Most of you believe that there needs to be a criminal predicate. Somebody robbed a bank, the FBI is looking into them. Somebody stole a bunch of money, the FBI is looking into them. No, no, no. This is what the parents at school boards, this is what the, uh, the radical traditional Catholic thing means. They pick up a threat, and that threat could be a member of Congress. It could be a watcher of the Kyle Serafin show. We jokingly referred to you guys as the watch list the other day, which may end up being the, the name for Steve Friend and, and uh, Karen O'Boyle's podcast. But listen, the watch list are people that they are watching. There is no requirement that there is a crime there. That should scare the hell out of you. That's what a police state looks like. The police state just determines who the people are that they're going to watch. And then they go look for and try to find a crime. It may or may not exist. They don't even need to have it to justify it. Under the Diog, which is the uh, the operating manuals for the FBI, the Domestic Intelligence or the Domestic Investigations Operations Guide, they don't need it. No criminal requirement. Very scary stuff. And so, how do you combat that? How? What is the action that an individual person who cannot individually fight something so big as an administrative state, as an executive agency, what do they do? How do you even handle that? And part of it is 
you have to be brave in your own life. You have to not self-censor and you have to live by some values, right? And those values have to be rooted in historical precedent that show that they are successful for humans to exist. And it turns out there's an amazing track record under some of these values, which we're going to get into in just a little bit here. Um, so what does all that have to do with abortion? We pull up topic number two. My belief is, is that if you are a man, you need to be protecting the weakest and the smallest among us. We've always known that, actually. In fact, this is the reason why I enlisted. I don't know if I've talked about this in a public way, but I'm going to talk about this. Many of you have the same experience that I do. You you looked out into the world. You looked out into the, the scape of reality. Young men, physically fit, capable, possibly angry. That's always a good one, too. There's a lot of angry people that go into uh, basic training. And, and you think, where would I be? Maybe you didn't have this exact thoughts, but you were you were evaluating. They did it like an examination of conscience, an examination of existence, and you thought, where would I be if I was a human being ten thousand years ago? There was no internet, there was no technology. I wasn't going to be downloading crap on Napster. Um, I wasn't running around trying to figure out like what is the best T-shirt or what what movie am I going to go watch? What would you have been doing in your tribe ten thousand years ago? This is the actual examination that I did, and I figured that based on the the things that I could do and the skills that I had. And the belief that I had in what the value of masculinity was, I would have been someone who would have been out in front laying for three days to kill a buffalo to make sure that my people were eating, um, watching for the enemy in the dark so that I could ambush them so they wouldn't come and attack women and children in my village. That's what I believed my purpose was. Many of you who enlisted, who uh, swore oaths as officers, we'll, we'll give the officers credit as well, right? Um, all of you that decided to go out and serve, whether you were a police officer, you said protect and serve. What does that look like? Protect and serve means putting yourself in front of the people behind you in front of them to mitigate the threats, whatever those threats are. And I'm not talking about the amorphous threats that the FBI has come up with, the uh, when they're looking for threats, the make work of trying to find out Catholics at school board meetings or uh, <laughs> Catholic parents at school board meetings. I guess that's the combination of the two, right? When you sit there and you realize that your life could be sacrificed and that would be a valuable life lived. One of my buddies who was a, um, he was a amateur fighter and a hyper-masculine dude. He was a guy that could um, could deadlift, you know, well over 500 pounds. He would bench press 350 plus. And I would tell him that I thought, and he was my size, by the way. He was like smaller than me, actually. I think he was probably 15 pounds lighter. And he would just crush weights. And I would always laugh and I would say, man, you're, you're super strong. And he would go, no, 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 I'm not strong. I'm just kind of good at lifting weights. Kind of good. He understood that there were men that were far, far stronger, even in his weight class. But he was kind of good at lifting weights, was his statement. Not strong. Humility. He was also a stoic. It won't surprise you, okay? And one of the things that we realized is we were talking about the events that happened in Uvalde. You guys remember that? Where men stood in the hallway and checked their phones, put on some hand sanitizer because they were killing time while children were being executed by some loony, confused, tranny person, right? And the statement was this. What are you saving it for, right? You exist on this earth. You have a finite amount of time. You've put yourself, particularly if you're a protector or a defender, if you if you want to be what uh, David Grossman calls a sheepdog, if you want to be the person that puts yourself between the flock and the wolves, and you're going to hide and wait for the safest way to approach with a shield or get authorization from someone else. No, I want the Leroy Jenkins in that case. And that's actually the lessons that we learned in Columbine. Go forward, address the threat, put them to a decision for all their chips and end them. So if you're going to, be the guy hanging out in the hallway 
What are you saving it for? You know, like, what are you literally, what are you saving your life for? What is the purpose of your life? If not to throw it down in front of children and women who we've always known in Western society were more valuable. Why? Because children represent the future and women represent the softer, gentler, nurturing side of humanity. Men are supposed to be the jagged teeth that go out there and present that threat. That's just it. Like, there's no two ways around it. But our confusion that has happened in this gender-confused society. I actually got into, like, a, like the tranny uh, social media thing last night where some tranny person was like, how dare you use the word retard? Look, if you're offended on behalf of retards, you're retarded, period. I'll just say that right there. I hope they cut this clip out and they put it on, on the internet because that's pretty funny to me. I grew up in the 90s. I grew up in the 80s. Like, if you acted retarded, then you get called retarded. Ryan, what's the number one way to avoid getting called retarded, you think? Don't be retarded. <laughs> That's it. It's just really straightforward. Like, don't don't act retarded. Don't act retarded, and nobody will call you retarded. Um, Duke in the chat just said, men are expendable. Exactly correct. Exactly correct. And if you look at your life as that way, then you do what Jordan Peterson talks about, which is to say, find the heaviest burden that you can bear and find meaning in that burden. Whatever your suffering is, that's guaranteed. That's the human existence. So how do you make it mean something, right? That's the thing. So we're going to talk about stoic values in just a second here, too. But I want to talk about someone who took a stand on abortion. Um, the Supreme Court in Georgia just upheld the the heartbeat bill. Will you pull that back up here? That's topic two. I know I had it up and I just kind of like ran off on a tangent. But this Supreme Court in Georgia said that there was a reason that if there was a detectable heartbeat, then that was a valid law that you could actually outlaw abortions after that point. That's putting it on the line. The people who realize that. And, and one of the things that has happened over the, you know, in the fact that we've gotten gender confused and we've had all the other weaknesses sort of pervade our society. A lot of it is digital influence. And I think that's all awful. If I could go back to the pre-internet time, I would. Like the analog childhood that I had was so much more superior than what these kids are living through today because they're not being, we weren't bombarded by all that number of signals. Yeah, we all thought we were going to get kidnapped because we watched 80s movies. And yeah, we watched um, Unsolved Mysteries at night and there was all kinds of spooky stuff. But uh, there was just there was so much less confusion because nobody at least was trying to to take away what a man and what a woman was. That wasn't on the menu. And the other thing is, is that they used to talk about safe, legal and rare. The idea that, that abortion was not a moral good. They've added that into the confusion. So this Georgia bill, which was passed four years ago and has been under sort of uh, lawfare since then, it was struck down by one of their superior court judges, which is below the level of the Supreme Court. Um, it's been affirmed now by the Georgia Supreme Court. Now they can appeal it. It's being appealed by all the uh, expected characters, the uh, the people that hate women, that hate babies, 50% of which are going to be women, except they're killed, right? A lot of which are black, even though they try to act like they're, they're these big um, race crusaders, but they're willing to kill off black babies in like shocking numbers. And uh, you know, even in Austin, we used to always see the, the uh, where I was living in Austin when I first got married, the only abortion clinic that we knew of was actually in the in the kind of the crappy black neighborhood, which was on the uh, the Austin's east side over on MLK. There's never like a nice MLK area for some reason. It's always in not nice areas. But uh, for whatever reason, that's where it is. And if you think that's an accident, that's not what I've seen. And I don't think anybody else has seen it either. They tend to trend towards people who are socially and economically uh, in trouble, many of which are raising babies without men. So there's that problem again. So men, you can avoid that by like knowing that there are responsibilities. Uh, we're going to actually show a video of a guy who's like a, like a dumb shooter, like how not to be a weapon owner. But in some ways, I, it's more of a metaphor for me. It's like if you're going to just fire rounds down range and you're not going to be accountable for them, that is the antithesis of masculinity. Men have to take responsibility for their actions. And sometimes if they have a really bad one, they pay for that 
with their lives, right? If they have really, really bad decisions, um, men pay for it with their lives. We're going to cover that story in just a second here too. Let's actually run that video. Um, this is a video that came off Twitter. People were just making fun of him for being a dumb shooter. But I want you to think about the danger of being not accountable for sending rounds down range. This guy almost kills the guy next to him. He, um, he looks like a fool. And he's incredibly dangerous, but he also represents sort of men in this age bracket who are acting like boys. And where's the guy that straightened him out and said, look, dude, this is not how we do it. Let's do uh, video number two, if you would, Ryan. Let's uh, play this thing in its entirety. It's not very long. It's loud. It's going to be a shooting video, but uh, just watch how bad this is. Yeah, he feels really hard when he does it. He feels tough because he just fired a weapon from the front of his chest and uh, has no idea how to operate that weapon system. Uh, some people are running around with their genitals in that way. They're operating that system without understanding what the consequences are as well. That dude almost, first of all, I think he was shooting a drone because he was shooting at about a 30 degree angle upward because he has no idea how to operate it. But he's capable. He's old enough to, to run it. He's old enough to buy it. And I support his right to do that. I also wish he would get some damn training because he looks like a freaking fool. He's walking backwards off the common firing line, which is dangerous to everybody around him. Like I said, this is a great metaphor. Okay. His failure to understand what it is that he is operating makes him a danger to himself and everyone around him. And then at the end, he flags the guy that's down there that's having a, a struggle with a shotgun. Like, look at the guy with the shotgun. He's trying to figure out how that thing works too. He's not coordinating. Huh, how does this work? Like, oh, I better turn that over and check the chamber. Mm, that doesn't make any sense. And then bam, everyone's doing chamber checks at each other. Very, very scary stuff. But a great metaphor for people who are young men that are not acting like men. They're like like extended adolescence is what we called it. I was talking to someone the other day on the phone and they said, uh, men in their 40s, no children, extended adolescence. That may be some of the man's fault. It may be some of the women's fault. But at the end of the day, it saddens bad for society. And that guy who's probably in his 20s, extended adolescence, still acts like a boy, has all the skills and the capabilities and the danger to society of a man because he's not trained to be the one handling that weapon system. And whether it's between your legs, like they talk about in the Marine Corps, this is my rifle, this is my gun, right? Like we we kind of know that there's a lot of power that comes with that and you have to be responsible for it. Um, women, you can control this through some of your behaviors. So you know that too. Let's do um, let's do somebody who did take a stand. Like I said, the Georgia Supreme Court upholding a hard heartbeat bill. I think that's great. Let's do topic number three. This was a guy in Ohio who's trying to push back against this, uh, this, this uh, issue one which came forward and he basically said, look, uh, we don't support issue one in my restaurant. And his business was basically shut down for a little while because a lot of his so-called pro-choice um, employees, they ran out on him. And he was like, that's okay. Like I just, they're entitled to their beliefs. I'm entitled to mine. I have the money here. I have a business. I put up a sign that said no on issue one. We should be protecting parents' rights. We shouldn't have kids having abortions. This is not a good thing. This was the so-called Reproductive Rights Act. And, uh, and Catholic vote is pushing very hard against this thing right now. But this guy is standing up. This is a suspendable move. You're like, look, it may cost me my business. It may cost me a lot of money to have this position. But I'm willing to do it because it's right. I mean, being a suspendable and being a man is actually, not, there's a lot of things in common with that. You take the consequences. You take your licks. It's not that hard. This guy, um, I think his business will come back well. He was able to rehire employees. It turns out people do want to work for people that have principles. I bet he's a good boss too if he cares about being a pro-life guy. So he was very, and he was understanding. He said, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I defend that. I just, 
They want to walk off. He didn't fire them, by the way, for their opinions. They walked off the job because they couldn't tolerate it because they're so weak. And that weakness, that sort of frailty, the opposite of masculinity in many ways, that sort of like human frailty that exists now on both sides, both men and women are showing it. Here's a great video. We've been waiting on this one for quite a while. This is, uh, I, I call this one guns are tacky. This is video number four. This is why people think we're screwed because there are youth like this. They're not all like this, but you got to train your young men not to act like whatever this clown is. And uh, my wife sent it to me the other day with a Ben Shapiro clip. This is just the raw clip of this kid. I don't know what his problems are. What are I mean, I assume he's homosexual uh, just by the way that he presents himself. But, like, he's definitely not masculine. So this is what is being presented as acceptable. Let's do video number four, Ryan. You probably already got that queued up. Let's just listen to this kid talk for a second and see what we're going he's, he, By the way, he, he's old enough to have been fought, fighting a war. He's old enough. Like, men younger than him, boys younger than him went to war in, in the 40s. So, but he's he's very he's very upset because there was nothing else to do in the 40s except go to war, apparently. Let's run video four. And you know why I know that? Because we're just gonna say no. Like, how are they gonna actually force us to get up and go to war? I understand it was like that in like the 1940s. What else is there to do in 1940 besides shoot people? We have things to do nowadays. We have twerk, be bisexual, eat a hot chip, lie. And we're also, like, really mentally ill. I have, like, six of these. What makes you think I'm qualified to have a gun, like, within 600 feet of anybody, including myself? And finally, like, guns are, like, so tacky. Like, can you imagine just, like, pulling up with a gun? Like, that is so fucking embarrassing. Like, what is this, the revolutionary fucking war? No. Like, let's just chat. Let's just talk. There's no, there's no need for all the, like, like... No, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Don't worry. <laughs> that guy's so weird. He's chomping on apples while sending something out into the world and the internet. Like it's just everything about that is bizarre. It's sad. He said guns are tacky. I think that's really funny. What is this? The revolutionary war. Apparently he didn't know that there are modern weapons and there have been wars since then. And men have all fought them. Men, men, his age. And, and in some ways, by calling that guy, a, like that kid, a boy, like calling him a kid, it's it's actually diminutive. Like we should hold him accountable for it. And that's that's probably our fault, too. But if you present yourself like a kid, you get called a kid. That's very kid like behavior. Like his mommy probably cut up those apples for him so he could eat them out of his little snackable or whatever it was. Right. And if you act like a retard, we call you a retard. Like, I don't know. Like, let's just go back to calling things what they are. It shouldn't actually be that hard. But he's the kind of person that they will they will uh, institute and be drafting. And that's what that whole video was a reaction to. Like, oh my God, we're not going to get drafted. We're not going to get drafted because like, oh, it's so tacky to get drafted. Yeah, they they round you up and then you go to jail if you don't. Or you run to Canada and hang out with Justin Trudeau. Find out what Castro was all about. You go find tyranny somewhere else. I mean, <laughs> if this is what we think is acceptable, that guy should be shamed. I, I think we should bring back bullying. I miss bullying. Why, why is that a problem? We used to know that bullying was a good thing. It wasn't great for people who were being bullied, but it taught you important lessons. Think about some of the guys that were bullied in this world. You don't have to like the guy, but Bill Gates, I guarantee you, was bullied as a child. Ryan, you have any you have any doubt that Bill Gates used to get wedgies and get stuffed into lockers? Oh, all the time, man. Right? And On now, a daily basis. And now he's paying it back full. He's like, yeah, guess what? Like, I'm super smart. I'm going to do this thing. I'm an evil genius. I'm going to go and kill the world's food supply. I'm going to try to eliminate a billion people. I'm so mad that I got wedgies. But, you know, he, he became successful because of it. There's something to be said about people that are motivated by negativity. Like, it's like, oh, that was negative. I don't want to experience that again. I'm going to go make myself powerful, strong, capable, whatever it was. Go lift some weights. 
Go go to the gym. Go run. If you want to be like Steve Friend, you can outrun your bad guys and you can run them until they have a heart attack. How about all those things? It's so strange. In the meantime, we have like little baby kids that have their mommy apple cuts and their little caramel snackies. It's gross. It's bizarre. It's strange that we've we've allowed that to be the case. And one of the outgrowths of allowing weakness like this is going to be what we're going to see right here. Let's pull up. Um, let's pull up topic number five. This is a cop in Nashville. He is the chief of police, actually. Okay, and it says that he spent a uh, an entire career mentoring youth, but he couldn't keep his own son. This guy's name is John Drake, chief of police in Nashville. His son went on a shooting spree and shot two cops. Okay, so. One of the things that you have to do as a man is know that you might have to turn down opportunities. You may not be able to be the chief of police because your kid needs you, because your son needs you. And if you don't, then your son can end up like this. If you can't figure out where the value set is, that that your career is actually not worth it. My buddy Alpha Warrior and I talk about this all the time. He's like, I don't know if I would do being a cop again. I certainly wouldn't go after all the promotions because the opportunity cost there, which we talked about the other day, the opportunity cost is you might actually miss out on really important things for your kid. And like, what's more important than that? Here's the opportunity cost. Bring up topic number four. We're just gonna see what happens. There it is. This guy was wanted. He was found dead after a car chase. 38 years old. John Jake, John Drake Jr., again, of Nashville. This is the Nashville police chief's son. He was wanted in shooting two officers. He got on the wrong side of everything. He didn't have those boundaries. He didn't know what traditional masculinity looked like. He had a bad idea of it. He was the guy stepping back from the line, shooting up high, checking his thing, flagging his buddy. He shot two cops, and he ended up probably taking his own life in this. Found dead in a car Tuesday night. And he led the police on a car chase. None of that's good. That's bad for the guy. It's bad for society. It's bad for the cop, like the police officer. It's bad for um, for the police chief who lost a son who's going to have to now deal with that outliving your child because he was troubled, but he was spending his time mentoring somebody else. You know, you got to get your own house in order first. I know Jordan Peterson says, go make your room, you know, bake your bed, clean your room. We've, this is a, you know, Jordan Peterson has been one of those guys. I don't think he's the most masculine dude in the world, but this message is great. I don't know if he could take a punch, but he seems like he's saying the right things that people have been looking for and asking to hear. And that's the crisis in masculinity. It's pretty simple. And it's also really sad. Um, let's, let's keep moving down this line. We're going to, like I said, we're going to talk about some stoic virtues. I'm also going to go ahead and, uh, plug my friends over at Catholic Vote because I actually pulled some of today's show out of Catholic Vote's loop. There it is. There's the loop. I'm actually sitting with my loop, my Catholic Vote uh, mug full of coffee right now. You guys can go check out the loop. Go to catholicvote.org. It's catholicvote.org spelled out just the way it sounds. You'll see the homepage right there. It's got all the fun things on there. The Heroes and Zeros is actually kind of a fun little deal. Um, Catholics who are winning and Catholics who are losing each month. All you got to do is punch in your email address and a zip code and you can have access to The Loop, which came in today, has some great articles, including some of the ones we're talking about. They talked about the Georgia Supreme Court. They talked about how uh, Mike Johnson is now the selectee for speaker. Um, They are not on board yet, but many of you are. No one for speaker. Hashtag no one for speaker. Catholic vote. We got to go out there. I'm going to lobby them. I got to call Mercer up and tell him, hey, man, I need an entire article on no one for speaker. Have you noticed how um, we're, we're getting right there? We're just coming right up to the edge. We're only a few days away. November 18th could be a great day. Defunded government. They better do it. If they could just man up. If they would just take the consequences of being masculine and saying, you know what? Nope. Nobody's going to be speaker. We're not going to waste your money. We're not going to send our kids into war. 
We're not signing up for all these things. We're not bundling aid to Ukraine and, and Israel. We don't need to do all that. We're just going to take a deep breath, and we're going to be meditating on the stoic virtues of Congress instead of being reactionary and feminine about it, obnoxious in this case, spending all your money for no reason. <laughs> I don't have one of those wives, but I know whenever my buddies had wives that would like spend money randomly on like crazy stuff. My wife is like so prudent and frugal. It's amazing. But um, you have these other guys that will go out there. It's the number one gripe I hear from men about their spouses. Like they come home with things. My mom used to be really bad about that. If she's listening, she'll know. She would just go and just like blow a couple hundred dollars at like Michael's or MJ Designs on like Chinese garbage and come home and like decorate the house, which always looked great, by the way. But man. It is hard. That's our Congress right now. Our Congress is like blowing money at MJ Designs, Target, Michaels, like hanging things on the wall that we don't need, sending money to friends, making a fruit basket for somebody else. It's just, it's awful. Like they just need to just defund the whole thing um, just for a little while. Let's just let it sit. Let's take a deep breath and none of that. I'm going to take a deep breath and drink some of this coffee from my Catholic vote mug. All right. And, and this is bad. You know, this is bad on every level. Like I said, it's bad for cops. It's bad for dads. It's bad for kids that are not getting that sort of mentorship. It's also bad that we have women writing about the so-called death of masculinity. We pull up topic number six. I'm actually going to read from this one. This was the Huffington Post. First of all, why is the Huffington Post reporting about masculinity at all? Is there any reason, is there any way that a woman named um, Natalie Moores is going to be able to tell us about masculinity? This is the really weird thing. She actually considers it to be a good thing. She said, it's safe to say that femininity in many forms has changed a lot over the past few decades. Yeah, you think? Not in a good way for most of you. In fact, I'm going to be interviewing a, a young female who's on the backswing right now, who's saying like, no, this is not what we really want. I think um, you guys have seen Brett Cooper over at Daily Wire, and she's just got engaged. And she, I saw this whole like little compilation, how she said she just wants a cottage and a cow maybe they're biologically programmed for that. Young women are starting to see that. Like, it's not really a good, it's not really a good deal to be taking femininity away from women, particularly women who want to be feminine. It's really strange, in fact. Uh, and some of that is because men didn't stand up and just be like, no, 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 that's the line. Just shut it down. Stop with that. So it says, the very fact that we're now enraged at the thought of having to wear skirts and heels at work shows how far we've come. Not too long before office wear wouldn't have been an issue. We would have simply wouldn't have been in the office. In the 1950s, advertising completely resolved around the expression of femininity within the home space. And now in 2017, we have sportswear brands that celebrate femininity in the form of strength and power and creativity and typically hyper-feminine outlets such as catwalks showcasing androgynous beauty. But on the other side of the coin, masculinity hasn't changed at all. She's actually arguing against masculinity in this. She talks about the birth of it, how it's a problem, the uh, bicep bulging uh, Spinach guzzling Popeye type. Ryan, didn't you just tell me that your suit doesn't fit because you've been lifting too many weights and your arms are too big? That is a fact, my friend. That it, is a fact. Isn't that what we're trying to achieve? Like, isn't that the only way that you want to find out that you're, you're like, oh, damn, like my chest is too bulky now. I'm going to have to open up and get another <laughs> suit. Sorry, my uh, small suit doesn't fit me anymore. Like beefcake time has taken over. Like calling a dude a beefcake. If you want to go like uh, tell a dude that uh, he's been lifting well and you really notice it. She'd be like, hey, what's up, bro? You're looking swole. You're looking big. Like every dude will be like, thanks, man. Really appreciate that. Like nobody, well, 100%. I haven't really been lifting, but I have been doing push-ups at night. I guess you noticed. Like you will absolutely trigger that that toxic masculinity. Any single man, you compliment their physical physique. Show the thumbnail real quick again, because this actually came from Nature Magazine. They were doing a, a, a study on how dangerous and toxic it is for that skinny guy to look over at the big dude and not want to be the big dude. Like, of the two, 
women, you already know who you're interested in. Like, are you interested in the guy? In the, like, why does he have glasses too? Give the guy glasses with the weightlifting. Do you know how many weightlifters have glasses? Like, we all like, guys have bad eyes too. But do you want to be the spoon-chested, like untanned, skinny guy? Kind of like skinny, fat, and weak, and like looking enviously over, and then just trying to like to demoralize. Well, he's probably dumb. No, he probably has a PhD. How about that? Like, it's just sad. Go ahead and come back. <laughs> It's sad that they that they've tried to devalue what dudes are. When I was in the military, we used to always be like, "What are you doing today?" Like just getting jacked and tan. It means working out with your shirt off, right? Just going and lifting. If you could get an excuse to take your shirt off and lift weights, that's like the ultimate expression. It happens in prisons and in the military, which are one hundred percent right. If you could, like, <laughs> what is the the ultimate expression of stupid masculinity? It's like Muscle Beach in Venice. Like yes. go there, go there and talk talk uh, you know some smack to some of those guys. Like they'll eat you. They will snatch your soul out from you because they're hungry, because they haven't eaten, because they're lifting and they're destroying like massive amounts of, uh, of calories as they do that. Like, go watch Pumping Iron. How many dudes in college watch Pumping Iron today? I hope all of them. We used to watch it and just giggle because Arnold Schwarzenegger was just like unapologetically hyper-masculine. Was he a good person? I don't know. But he was Conan. Everybody wanted to be Conan. We talked about it the other day. What's best in life? Three things. Cross your enemies. See them driven before you. Hear the lamentation of the women. That may be not as good. That may not be the most um, virtuous position, but it is a it's a strong position. It's hard to say otherwise. What about Hulk? What about Hulk Hogan? What about Hulk Hogan? Remember that he told people, "Say yeah. your prayers, take your vegetables. I mean, uh, take your vitamins. Right, eat your vegetables." Hulk Hogan, the real American. You want to listen to something? Go watch Hulk Hogan's walkout music from the '80s. You'll be one. You'll love this country. You'll want to go see Police State. And two, you want to tear your shirt off and go lift some weights and stop looking weak and spoon chested and frail with like soft arms. You'll go get some, you'll get some uh, suspendables merch. You can actually lift about uh, 25% more if you're wearing one of our suspendables PT shirts. Should we just do that right now? We might as well. TheSuspendables.com. TheSuspendables.com. Yeah. This is the one I'm wearing today, by the way. If you guys want to know, what's the shirt? Kyle, what, what is that shirt? It's a size medium. I'm wearing a medium. TheSuspendables.com, promo code Kyle. You can see it on the screen. Suspendable or die. I actually really like this. I like this graphic. And, and, and there it is. Ryan Matta just threw it across the screen. If you are a subscriber to our channel, you can throw the Suspendables or die logo running across. That's the snake. That's the join or die snake, but it's Suspendables or die. The-Suspendables.com, promo code Kyle. Like I said, 25% added to your bench, guaranteed if you do the real work. If you're not doing the work, we're not going to be able to help you out. But if you can if you can already lift, you'll be able to lift 25% more. It's like cheating. In fact, you can't even enter into a powerlifting competition in the raw category. You have to go into the equipped category if you have Suspendables merch on at the time. If you're wearing Suspendables Ranger panties, your squats are going to be higher. I don't know. Just... Go, go eat red meat, lift heavy weights, suspendables, the-suspendables. Don't forget the dash, the-suspendables.com. Otherwise, you'll end up at a hockey website. I don't know what that's all about, but that's what they're about. There it is. So this woman's talking about the death of masculinity, and like we're seeing men accepting that. Um, I'm seeing articles all, it goes back for like a decade. People are talking about what happens. Pull up this other one here. This is, um, this is from The Ringer. It's bad for women. Yeah, The Ringer, topic number seven. Okay. It's actually bad for women. If we aren't, if we aren't having men be masculine, this is a really interesting article. I guess this guy wrote of, of boys and men, his name is Richard Reeves. And this was interviewed last year. This is something, I don't know what the ringer is. It's a website, it's a podcast network. They do sports stuff. And 
<laughs> he's talking about how men control 73% of the seats in Congress and for every dollar earned by men, women earn less and all the other kind of things. Like that's the author trying to put this like sort of feminine spin on things. I actually heard from my wife and, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true because she only tells me things that are true. We found out that, uh, that men under 30 now actually underperform in the workplace compared to women. Women earn more money. We've subsidized it. It's not because men aren't as competitive. They've just ceded the territory because they're like, they're not competing on the same grounds. And this is the thing that I found really interesting about this particular article. And this is the author saying this right now. He said, um, only 3% of venture capital money goes to female founders, right? His wife is trying to start a business. But why is that? Because men are more prone to risk. Women are not. When women are, are moving forward. In fact, I heard Jordan Peterson say something about how once you see that women dominate a field, it means that men have stopped competing in that field. And that means men are not competing to me in the 20 to 30 uh, age bracket when it comes to traditional jobs. That's why women are dominating it. And that's not necessarily a good thing for our society because at 30, women are going to start feeling that TikTok. Many of you have. Women in the chat know. It's like, oh shoot, what about babies? Can you have them all? Not really. Not if you want to raise them. My wife has a professional degree. She's decided, she decided when we were, uh, when I started working for the FBI, she didn't like work. She actually wanted to take care of babies. It's a lot harder what she does than what I do. But she can't do my job and I can't do her job. So this is to say, once we have those defined roles, it actually helps everybody. You ever seen, you know what analysis paralysis is, Ryan? You ever heard of that? Analysis paralysis? Negative, sir. It's when you have too many choices. Imagine going in and seeing the menu at uh, any chain restaurant, Applebee's. And you're like, oh my God, like I could have ribs or I could have tacos or I could have like a chicken Caesar salad or I could have a filet of fish or like, like there's so many options. And you're just going like, oh my God, every choice I have has an opportunity cost where I'm not going to have something else. And some of these things look good. I don't eat at Applebee's that much, but let's say you did. Let's say you went to Chili's. That's really, that's better. I like Chili's. You could have the fajitas. Those are pretty good. Or you could have the burger. Those are pretty good. Or you could have those chicken crispers. Those are pretty good. Can you tell I was a Chili's waiter? when I was in college. I still remember the good <laughs> stuff. You could just eat dessert. You could just have the molten chocolate cake. Whatever you choose, you're going to have to make the opportunity cost of not being able to have the other options. And when there are so many options, it's confusing. You're like, man, I don't know what to do. Am I going to have a career? Am I going to have babies? Am I going to raise my children? Am I going to send them into, um, into preschool? Am I going to send them into daycare? Who's going to raise them? In fact, for women to actually have all, to have it all, that's actually a myth for sure. For you to have it all as a woman, which means a career and babies and a family and all that stuff, some other woman is going to have to raise your kids. Like, are you taking your kids and dropping them off at a daycare where they hire all dudes? I wouldn't. Dudes are terrible at watching kids. You ever seen daddy daycare? Like, I mean, literally dads taking care of kids. It's dads having a conversation, getting distracted constantly by the, the secondary option, which is that there are kids running around in the street and riding their bicycles and falling over and we're telling them to rub some dirt in it. Is it good for them sometimes? Yeah. Is that the ideal way to raise kids? No, it's not. Women are way better at doing that. They always are. So if you're going to have it all as a woman where you have all the things that we just talked about, it means that some woman is going to be raising your kids. And that means that woman is going to be having to make less money than you. So it's worth you being in the job that you're in. And that means that she is going to live in basically poverty instead of you just taking care of your kids. It's tough. It's a tough decision. I get it financially. But we made that decision in my house. So I'm not speaking from a position of like uh, of, of preaching to you. My wife hasn't earned a penny since we uh, since we started having babies over six years. And she has a master's, which we paid a lot of money for. And I'm glad she got it. It's good for her. 
You know, it's a good thing. It's made her more rounded as a mother. But at the end of the day, it's like, what would it cost for us to pay someone else to raise our kids? I don't want that. The opportunity cost is very difficult. The analysis paralysis is if you have all those things on the menu, it's very confusing. And I have to imagine it's tough for women in that way. Think about going to In-N-Out. You ever go to In-N-Out Burger? You don't have those up in Michigan. But those of you who have been on the West Coast, those of you who have been in Arizona, Vegas, whatever else, you go to In-N-Out Burger. What do they sell? They sell a double cheeseburger. They sell a single cheeseburger. They're called a double-double or a cheeseburger. And you can get one without cheese if you want to. It's called a hamburger. And then you can get fries. And that's it. You can, It's a hamburger in a French fries place. You always know. You're like, oh, do I want uh, two? Do I want two of those? Or do I want one of those patties? Because I'm going to get a hamburger. I went to the hamburger place. It's great. There's no chicken burger. There's no chicken Caesar salad. There's no other weird things. There's no hamburger salad. It's just two things. Double burger or single burger. And that actually makes it easier. Your choices are really easy. Do you want one, two, three, or four? Because you can get it with or without cheese either way. Boom. The end. I don't know. It, it, it actually makes our, our, our decisions simpler. When you narrow down the decision-making process for a lot of us, it actually makes things easier. I actually told my boss that, the, the, you know, the, some of you have heard this, this phone call I did with this woman at FBI headquarters. And she was like, you're making your life more complicated. I know GOB is in the chat right now. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, what's so funny about this woman telling you, like, stop moving. You're just making things more difficult. I made my life so much more simple when I told the FBI under no circumstances was I going to accept their shot. And I was not going to stop saying the things I was saying to Congress. That was it. It's like, okay, well, they were going to fire me. Okay, so what? Now I got to go find another job. Like, it wasn't like, how do I figure this out? Can I save my job? Can I manipulate my values to, to be in, in conjunction with these other things? No. I just said, these are what's going to happen next. You've already eliminated the possibility of me staying here. So I'm done. That's easy. And many of you have actually found freedom in closing off options. In fact, having less options because you've narrowed down your choices makes you more free. I know that I can't live in Washington, Oregon, California, Connecticut, New York, pretty much anywhere on the East Coast that's uh, north of North Carolina. And those are all no-goes. Everything I own would be a felony. So that's actually freeing. Then I don't have to look at that. And then I go, oh, it's really cold in um, Michigan, and it's cold in uh, Wisconsin, and that's pretty blue, and it's cold in Minnesota, and they have riots there where they try to kill old ladies and old men that are just driving their cars. So that's no-goes. You just start closing off all the blue areas. You could just like narrow your life down. No analysis paralysis. I'm down to like three places. I can live in Texas. I can live in Montana. I can live in Idaho. That's easy. That's just like three, three places. You can figure that out. Folks, if you think that you have more freedom of choice because there are more things going on, you're wrong. And this is the interesting thing from this particular article this guy was saying. He mentioned that the the cost of all of this uh, this movement towards putting women in the workplace and uh, having men sort of demasculated in many ways, it's actually worse because there is an inflation rate where men are actually learning. They're earning less than they did 40 years ago. Adjusted for inflation. They're earning less. They make less money. They're they're in a in a worse position, and so men in the, some men are opting out. They're like that Gen Z kid. They're eating apples and having mommy tell them what to do, and they're not working a job, and they're, and guns are tacky, and they're not going to be they're not going to be strong. It's actually pretty awful. It says in the family, we're seeing a really big increase in the number of fathers who are not in close relationships with their kid. Why? You've taken the value of being a father away. He's not the breadwinner. He's not the guy that's providing. He doesn't provide safety, security. He doesn't provide what uh, Mark Hout told me, leadership, right? Um, protection. 
and financial stability. Those aren't there if that's if you take away that role. And so then what is a man left with? He's not a good nurturer in the same way that a woman is. He's not. All the best fathers in the world are the worst moms. I will go on record and say that. In fact, my buddy and I used to laugh at this. One of my buddies who was an FBI agent who's a really good guy, he said, when my wife goes out of town for any reason, see her mom, go girls weekend, whatever the things are, he said, I'm a really good dad. He's a great baseball player. He's a super athlete. He teaches his kids all kinds of cool stuff. He's a really good dad and he's the worst mom. His goal when his wife leaves is that when she leaves, that there are two children that are alive. And when she comes back, there are two children that are alive because they're young. How many of you guys can relate to that? I know I can. I'm like, I'm keeping plates in the air that are not my normal plates. It's like, I just want to make sure that whatever I started with when mama left the door, when she comes back a couple hours later, it looks the same-ish. The house doesn't have to be clean. They just have to be like intact, non-missing any appendages, like the basic, basic level of of subsistence, subsistence rather. We just want to make sure that we don't destroy something that is irreparable. But we're not good at being moms. Dads aren't good at being moms. This tells you there's some real problems when you start adding um, you know, gay parents into there. I don't think that that is fair. I don't think it's fair to the kids. It's like it's good for the, for the for the dads, two dads having two dads and all this kind of nonsense. It's good for two dads. They get to have some sort of like thing in their life that validates them. But is it good for the kid? That should be what your, your focus is. That's the reason why I enlisted. What's good for society? It might mean to the detriment of me. That's how men are actually supposed to be working. You're supposed to know that it may be a cost for you, a heavy cost. And so let's talk about it before we get too far. Let's pull up two things. Number one, topic 12. This is going to be the cardinal virtues. These are the Christian versions of it. You're going to see they're almost the same. The cardinal virtues, courage, justice, wisdom, and moderation, often known as temperance. Okay? Courage, justice, wisdom, and temperance. That's them. That's what it's all about. That's what you do. These are masculine values. They're, they're actually considered um, religious values. Courage, deciding how to act in trying times. Resilience in the face of adversity. Not avoiding the thing you are fearful of, but stepping in and doing it because it's the right thing. You must do it. Justice, doing what's right and just. Maintaining it. Doesn't matter whether it's difficult. You do it because it's right, not because you want to. Wisdom, the ability to discern what is right, what is wrong. What is good? What is bad? There are some things that are, in fact, specifically good and specifically bad based on how they they operate in society. There you go. Wisdom. Moderation. Not living a life of excess. Temperance is the other version of that one. It's the same thing. It's being able to temper, to being able to to moderate, to, to, uh, to throttle your excesses, the things that you want, and know that there are some opportunity costs that you must engage in. You can't have everything at once. And so how do you do that? You you throttle yourself. Self-discipline, self-control. These are synonymous. And they're important. They're important that we know that. To be stoic, people used to think it meant to be uh, emotionless. But it's not about being emotionless. Moderation and temperance means that you are moderating your excess emotions and you are keeping them at a generally more productive level. So there it is. And those are the exact same things that we find when we look at the uh, the Greeks. The Greeks had exactly the same words. They had different different names for them, but the, the Roman and the Greek concepts of Stoicism play perfectly with Christianity. And that means they play perfectly with Western society. It's just what they do. These are the ways that we are, this is the way that this country was designed to operate. 
We are designed to operate with men who understand the cardinal virtues. Not to be confused with the theological virtues, which are led towards salvation. That's faith, hope, and love. For those of you that are interested in Christian theology, faith, hope, and love, right? Those are the three great things. Faith in an afterlife, love for your fellow man and yourself and for God, and hope that there is, in fact, all those things. Faith, hope, and love. That's what binds all those things together. But how do you live? How do you go forth and act in a way that is prudent? You have these stoic virtues. There's way more to these. You guys can spend, uh, you can have entire college level courses on them. You can have whole books written on each one of these individual virtues. But these are the things that we forgot to tell people that there is an objective good and a bad. And if you are prudent, if you are wise, if you moderate, you're not making TikTok videos where you're eating mommy's apple chips and, and, and dipping them into your snacky poo. You're not going to make that ridiculous thing because it's, it looks ridiculous. It's giving in to your weakest instincts of fear. There's no courage in that. That's you hoping that nobody will draft you for something that you're voting for. You think that guy's a Biden voter if he votes at all? I'm sure he is. Sadly. Because the thing, the people that are going to drive him into conflict and are going to give him a real, real dose of the world, they're the ones that he's voting for. And he doesn't want it. Our little Gen Z buddy. Um, I've got a couple other little kind of things. It results in uh, when masculinity flourishes, we all sort of know it and we all cheer it on. I want to show you this thing about the that was going on on the board. This is video number three. This is just Ted Cruz. Um, took some lessons from Trump. Learned how to engage the press. We need to engage this thing in an aggressive way. How about this little video of a beta reporter who is not just doing reporting. He's actually doing activism, which we talk about here all the time. And Ted Cruz taking him head on. He's addressing the questions the guy has and dismantling him like a man, like a man should. Let's do uh, video number three. Let's run this real quick. People get a little taste of what it could look like if you do it right. Let, let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What rate of illegal immigration did we have in 2020? But you have. Do you know anything? I asked you a question. How long have you been in office? Do you know anything? How long have you been in office? I've been in office 11 years yes, now. And this is okay. Take the calendar in multiple administrations. Except your okay. Trump you don't get to argue with me. You asked your question. You, you asked your question. You don't get. You want to hold a press conference? You can do it over there. You have. How are you? You want to hold a press conference? You can do it over there. How are you? So, so hold on. I'm going to answer his question. The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots, is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask, what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political. I would even go further than you should be ashamed of yourself. How about shame on you? You remember that expression? We've sort of gotten away from it, but shame on you. There is nothing just. There is nothing wise. There is nothing temperate about allowing a bunch of people to invade your country. You don't leave your doors open and wonder who's going to come in and just hope that it's going to work out well. That's just not the way that it plays. Nobody's doing that. That guy, that reporter doesn't do that. And, and rightly so, Ted Cruz shuts him down because he's actually embracing. The reason why Ted Cruz has gotten so much more likable is because he has gotten more masculine. 
he used to try to engage in this sort of like effeminate way and he would say things that kind of be kind of squirmy and people thought he was kind of like a car salesman. He grew a beard. He grew a pair, <laughs> figurative speaking, and he engages people directly, which is what he's actually really good at. He's a smart guy. He's smarter than that reporter for sure. He said, you want to have a press conference? Go and do it over there. You want to tell you want to tell people what's going on? Do that. You're here to ask me questions. You get to ask a question. Then you have to listen to the answer. Good for him. That's how it's supposed to be done. We have to do that. But letting all these people in and, and acting like it's somehow kind, no, it is not kind. It's not courageous. It's not, um, it's not just to do that. And it's certainly not wise. We threw it on the screen here. Honeybee Patriot, thanks for joining our, our monthly supporter channel. Now you can also use those fun emojis that you're seeing in the chat. Uh, folks, if, you, if you're just joining us or if you're just uh, tuning in, you're catching the end of this thing, if you haven't get the like button yet, please do that on Rumble. We do appreciate it. Let me also say thanks to my buddies over at Patriot Coolers who are fantastic. They make a great product. There they are right there. Promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, same promo code we get everywhere we go. You guys can use that and save 10%. PatriotCoolers.com outstanding American products. They say Patriot on it so they can let people know right away. Pat uh, stuff that I've spent my own money on long before they were one of my sponsors. I've got uh, multiple generations of their tumblers. I now have one of their coolers. We got the big cooler. I like the fact that it is sleeker. It is flatter. I don't like, I don't know, like I'm a dude. I like square and I like things that are like, uh, they fit modularly. My, my Yeti cooler that I had had like rounded edges and it was like kind of soft-sided. My wife likes that one, so maybe that makes more sense. But if you're a dude and you want a dude cooler that you can like strap down to a uh, to an ATV, go hunt with or put it on your boat or something like that, you can remove it and power wash it. You can actually remove the um, the straps really easily and replace that stuff. If you're going to beat the hell out of a tumbler or out of a uh, cooler rather, check out that. In fact, here's mine. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I'll put it up here on the screen. Yet another reason why you should be watching us on Rumble dot com slash Kyle Seraph. And there it is. Look at this. Hold on. Let's bring that into view. Bam. Check that out. That's a good looking piece there. It's got a divider. You know what? One of they, those. Dude, they always give you those dividers and they act like, oh, you're going to put one side, you're going to put the ice and the other side, you're going to put something else. I never have used that. Like, just give me a big open pit to throw my stuff in. And they did. They threw in the open stuff. Anyway, check out patriotcoolers.com. Use promo code Kyle, save 10%, support American vets. It's good stuff. I like that it just, you open it up and it just yells Patriot instead of something else. Like it actually uses that as an advertisement space for what your values are. Pretty fun. All right, um, folks, we we have to know that there are some right ways and some wrong ways. And then the sort of like mealy mouthed, waffling back and forth. Oh, men can be women, women can be when. I know we don't know that. I mean, we don't, we don't believe that. Like nobody who's watching the show is sitting there thinking like, oh yeah, that's that's possibly true. But then you have to say it. I'm the only person that I see on social that goes out there and attacks these people. Like if you have a smaller account and maybe you don't want to do that, but like I'm on Twitter, like engaging these idiots. Why? Not because I think it's really fun, although it is kind of fun and it's kind of funny, but because someone needs to say it and needs to push back and say, this is absurd. The contention you're having not only is absurd, it's bad for women. And you know what's really funny? This this uh, this chick who identifies as a dude, and I'm saying it that way because it's somewhat diminutive, but the, this this female who wants to pretend to be a man engages me like a female, even on social media, it's pretty obvious. It doesn't matter how much testosterone you have, you're not gonna have a win on that. It's just, it's it's pretty obvious. And the end result of letting sort of weakness and non-masculine qualities rule men is you're gonna end up with something that ends up like a police state, like we talked about earlier. And here, video five, I'd be remiss if we didn't play this. Chris Ray acting like the ultimate beta male. He is literally calling out someone for doing the thing that he does in a snarky skin, like, 
Think about this. Just apply what the FBI has done to my friends, the suspendables, but also to some of you that have been out there, some of the people that we've interviewed. Imagine Chris Ray talking about China, but he's actually just just substitute the FBI for everything that Chinese the Chinese are doing. Let's play video number five. We'd be wrong if we didn't do it. This is from 60 Minutes, my favorite, Scott Pelley, who's got a really good radio voice. Let's do uh, video five. Director Ray, are Chinese dissidents in the United States targeted for violence? We have certainly seen instances where the Chinese government, in a variety of ways, working through proxies or other actors, have attempted to harass, intimidate, stalk, surveil, threaten uh, Chinese dissidents, Chinese Americans, uh, especially those who criticize who are those dudes? Uh, the CCP and the current regime. And that has boiled over in a number of different ways. Uh, the Chinese have something called fox hunt, which is not unique to the United States. It's they conduct it around the world. It is dressed up as a law enforcement effort to uh, bring back uh, corruption, what they would call corruption uh, fugitives back to China. But it is largely used as a, uh, a vehicle to go after dissidents in different countries, uh, and in many cases to threaten them on our soils, other cases to threaten their families back in China to try to get them, in effect, haul them back to China. So these are uncoordinated law enforcement operations that violate uh, our sovereignty and international norms. Yeah, these are uh, un unappropriate, inappropriate law enforcement actions that violate our sovereignty. What are you doing about it, dude? What have you done about it? And also, if you ever watch Chris Ray and he starts doing a list where he's like, you know, they coerce and they they try and they do and they do and they do and, and he starts listing stuff, that's his verbal pause. Just like he gives you a tell when he says, uh, um, you know, and what is it? Uh, what does he say? Period. Full stop. He says full stop. And then, you know, he just lied. When he says uh, a big list of things, he's trying to run at the clock. I don't know what the concept. I got to go find out what the 60 minute was. I just saw that clip. It was uh, shared with me by some of the suspendables. And it's pretty nauseating because all the things that the Chinese have tried to do, coerce, intimidate, um, threaten, etc. They've done all that to my buddies. The FBI does that in the United States because we've let weak men like Chris Ray and whoever those guys are sitting at the table. Does anyone think you, if you're watching on our Rumble channel, you just saw it. There was a whole group of guys sitting there. Chris Ray is the dominant figure plus Scott Pelley. So like two non-dominant human beings. Has anyone in that, that table like been hit in the face? I don't know. In the last 10 years, I was trying to think, I was like, I've been hit in the face in the last 10 years. That's probably good. Just seeing the stars, knowing that you, you know, like had a little a physical correction in the world. It's really important for men to have that, to engage in the physical. Your butt kicks build character. I tell that to everybody. Getting your butt kicked once in a while builds a real character as a kid, as an adult. I mean, sometimes you need it. You men need it. We used to settle settle things. My dad used to put boxing gloves on us and settle problems. We were five and six oh, years old. Oh, my did the same. It's a, it's a classic <laughs> thing that exists. Do you think kids today, are like dads, if you're not buying a pair of boxing gloves to let your, your two sons, if you have more than one son, solve problems or your son and, and his friends when they come over and they get into a disagreement, whose bike it was, who did this, who did that. It's like, put the gloves on, solve it. I don't care. Whoever's stronger wins. Might is right is, a, is not always the case. And it's not the best way to solve it. But it should be something that sits in your toolbox as a man. You should know that there's a possibility that you may have to stand up and prove that you're right through might. And then you choose not to do it. That's Jordan Peterson's whole sort of takeaway on, on, on the meek are not the weak. That's what masculinity should be about. Having an ability and not using it. What do you think? You're muted. I got my, uh, yeah, for my son for Christmas, I'm getting him one of those boxing sets. So you're like, hanging on your wall and it comes with two gloves and like the thing will light up. 
like which one to punch. Yeah. You know? And then learn how to throw a real punch. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's the other piece. You got to show them how to do it. Um, there's a guy named Tony Jeffries. If any of you are out there going like, dang, I don't know how to throw a punch or I haven't thrown a punch in a long time or I think I know how to throw a punch, but I've never had any training. Tony Jeffries. Shameless plug. I don't know why. I love this guy. I watched him. He's British. Uh, I think we showed one of his videos earlier. He does some outstanding introductory do it in your own home boxing videos. You can learn how to do masculine things like be a boxer. And I've seen him box huge weightlifting freakazoids. There's some guys that are on YouTube that, uh, that are like bodybuilders and they're pretty capable. Um, but Tony Jeffries looks like a dad bod, but he has a background in being a Olympic contender in the boxing arena. And like, I mean, who was the toughest guy growing up when I was a kid? It was Mike Tyson. My buddy used to say when he was going to do something difficult, I'm going to Mike Tyson this. Because we just assume Mike Tyson found whatever the hardest thing to do was, and he did it. So anyway, I'm just saying, go out there and don't run away from danger. Don't run away from things that are masculine. If you're a man, that is your job. Your job is to confront it. And we should do better about it. We can do better about it. Folks, if you're watching the channel, make sure you give us a thumbs up. We do appreciate all those things. We're going to shut this thing down for the day. I know that you have not been seeing interviews for a couple days. I've been storing them up. I'm going to be out of town for a number of days. We're going to Miralago uh, next week. This week, I'm going to Vegas to go and host this uh, live premiere. You're going to catch a bunch more videos. We've been holding them in the bag. Let me give you kind of a taste of what's coming up for the interviews on the Kyle Serafin Show in the next, let's say, 10 to 15 days. You're going to see an interview with a young anti-feminist female. That's going to be fun. You're going to see an interview with Roger Stone talking about the police state and the persecution that he dealt with. I think that's pretty fun. You're going to see one of the guys who was just acquitted of charges in the Gretchen Whitmer case, telling his own story in his own words, something we had to talk to him a little bit because he was he was scared to tell the real story because he's afraid the FBI might come after him. I think that's going to be really compelling. It's full of a lot of swearing, but bear with us. If you haven't heard one of these guys talk in their own words, and as long as it takes, that's something coming up. Uh, we've got a guy who's a, a, a pro-life dad, who's a flat earth dude. Uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't convince me, but we talk flat earth because it's fun. Why not? Okay. Um, and what else do we got? We got a couple other ones out there, Ryan. And we got Lily Kate coming up too as well. Yep. Um, turning point gal. So there's a few of these things that are come up. You guys are going to see them. We've been holding on to all the interviews. I'm not trying to deprive you of it. I'm trying to be smart about it because I don't want you guys to not see some of these, but these are all coming up in the future. They're going to be coming up. If you're not subscribed to our channel, now's the time to do it. Make sure you're hitting the follow button. If you're watching on rumble, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify or iTunes or uh, iHeartRadio or any of the other places that you can do that. You can obviously share this, the shows you like, but, uh, make sure, make sure you guys are, are tuned in for these because they're coming up and they're going to be really good ones. I think you guys are going to learn some things hey, from him. What do you got? What about video one? You were all excited about it this morning. We didn't even get to it. It doesn't fit today. We're going to do it another day. All right. There's, there's some video of this woman, um, which is which is a failure of masculinity. There's, there's this hyper fat chick that, uh, I mean, by hyper fat, I mean, she's like four or 500 pounds. But uh, we'll do it another day. I'm saving some of these funny things. I got a couple other ones. Um, dudes knocking out women on the street, which you guys know, we'll do a whole show talking about some of that stuff too. But we can't fit it in today. Uh, thanks to all of you for joining us this morning. Like I said, we do stream live from Liberty Hill, Texas. If you set your clocks, 0930 Eastern time, we start at 0830 in Central time zone. That's Texas America time. And uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple, like this one here. You want to throw that one up on the screen? This one is from Mara KL, says the new best thing. So glad that Kyle turned his suspendable status into a powerful, on-point podcast. Love the long-form commentary, interviews, and discussion formats. Would be down for an all-day lineup as I can't get enough of the straight truth analysis breakdown. As he examines all the issues that we're facing, Kyle brings his firsthand experience to leverage his influence with the goal of saving our nation. 
total inspiration overload. I appreciate that you are inspired. We are inspired that so many of you guys have been choosing to uh, watch our podcast, to share our podcast, and to be part of our live chat in the morning. You guys are really appreciated. Like I said, we just threw some uh, some fun emojis you guys can play with in the chat now. If you're not a subscriber, that means you have that red you've seen on the screen. If it's not red, when you type, that means you haven't hit the subscribe button. Once you hit the follow button, you have the subscribe button option and you can do that and you'll unlock all those things. Uh, just a little fun thing that we've added because why not? You guys should have something for it other than just supporting us. Do appreciate it. We'll see you guys again uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be an interview. It's going to be a wild card from one of those that I just told you. I'm not going to tell you which, but tune in tomorrow to see a little bit more of that. And tune in to Police Day tonight. If you're going to the theater, let me know. Tag me on social media with your pictures at the theater. We really appreciate seeing that stuff. And I've been sharing it. I know Dinesh D'Souza has been retweeting some of them as well. So, um, And so has Dan Bongino. Guys, God bless you. Be masculine. See you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on rumble.com slash Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter and True Social at Kyle Serafin.